In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This morning, I invite you to use your creative mind and enter into a possible story based on the gospel today. Told from the perspectives of both Joseph and Mary. From Joseph. They told me that if I waited for just the right person, she would come. And when she did come into my life, they were right. It was like a dream come true for an old man. Well, I wasn't quite an old man yet, but in comparison to Mary, I was. She was barely over the threshold of childhood, just begun to walk with the women to the village well in Nazareth. From a distance, I watched her with the older women as they drew water from the well and gossiped as they do. We were officially betrothed to be married in the spring. Betrothal, of course, was a binding legal contract. That meant that Mary and I were already legally considered to be husband and wife. In our culture, that meant that Mary and I were bound to be faithful to each other, and our legal union could only be dissolved by death or divorce. That was the legal side. In the beginning, I was just a man in love. I was a carpenter, skilled at the lathe and saw, and there was plenty to do, yet I was dreamy, and I found it hard to concentrate on my work. It was like a dream come true. I worked hard, I loved my bride-to-be, and I tried to be patient as I waited for my wedding day. I didn't know how to tell him, but maybe I should back up and explain some things to you. Many times in my life, things had happened that I never could explain. Sometimes I could not even describe them. Silly dreams, my mother would say. Don't you have work to do around here? My father thought I would settle down more quickly if he made a good match for me. I was hardly over the threshold of womanhood when he came home one night, rubbing his hands together and grinning broadly. He told my mother he'd found a good husband for me, Joseph of Nazareth. At first I cried. Joseph was so much older. He was a quiet man. Some called him dreamy. A carpenter, he was well known for his work in Nazareth and all the nearby Roman building projects in Sepphoris. Once I met him, though, I, I liked him. He kept the laws of Torah. He, he went to synagogue faithfully, and I could see he treated his mother and family well. 
When the elders blessed our marriage with an official betrothal, I was content, and we planned to be married in the spring. When she called me that afternoon and said she had to talk with me, I was pleased. We met outside her father's house in Nazareth, but what she had to tell me was unbelievable, incredible. She was crying, trembling all over. Her words, incredible, unbelievable words, tumbled one over the other. I felt like I had stumbled right into the middle of a nightmare. Mary spoke of an angel's visit. Gabriel, she called him. This angel told her, first of all, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. If I had not been stunned into a state of shock, I would have laughed. An angel shows up and you're not supposed to be afraid? Then the story got more unbelievable. Gabriel told Mary she was going to have a son, a son of God, a son by God. When Mary stopped speaking, she still wept. And even though a thousand emotions surged through me, fear, disbelief, shock, anger, no, not anger, rage, I held her close in a stupefied, clumsy attempt to soothe her and comfort myself. It was only later, as I walked home, my beard wet with tears, that I began to consider my options as a man who followed God's law, the law of Moses and the prophets. He could have had me executed, you know. The ancient Levitical law would require that I could be brought out to the entrance of my father's house, then stoned by all the men of the village until I died. Of course, in my own time, the rabbis had softened this harsh law, so I didn't really think the village men would stone me. But even though Joseph held me close and wept with me, he had a look in his eyes I had not seen before. I wasn't sure what he would decide to do. Yes, he could have me stoned to death, or he could divorce me, and that would be as bad as death. Our betrothal, sweet and full of promise, would be over, cut short by humiliating divorce. I would be forced to live in my father's house the rest of my life, raising my son alone. My son would have no legitimate father to give him a name and a heritage. All I could do now was to cry, to pray, to wait for the coming of this child. It took me a while to work through the shock and anger of Mary's sudden news. These things take time, you know. What would the men of the village say when this news got out? And you know, 
small towns. It, it wouldn't take long. Everybody knows everything about everybody else. And the women would start to count on their fingers. And then my friends would begin to talk about it as soon as I walked out the synagogue door. I, Joseph, a just man, a man of honor, would be humiliated. On the other hand, I did want to be a just man worthy of God's favor. I'm like all of you. I wanted to do the right thing for the right reason. And besides, despite my fear, my shock, and my rage, I did love this woman more than anyone I've ever loved in my whole life. Several days after my afternoon conversation with Mary, I was working in my carpenter's shop. I hadn't slept much the last few nights, and in fact, I'd just about worn out my sandals, pacing back and forth, pacing, praying, weeping, asking God why this awful thing had happened. I didn't deserve this. I was a righteous man, a just man. And after all, I hadn't asked God for much in my older years. All I wanted was a wife who would transform my lonely house into a home of beauty, a wife who would bring love, laughter, the heritage of children. I had waited long enough, hadn't I? But God was silent on this matter, and I was exhausted. Finally, I reached a decision. I would preserve my honor as a man who must work and live with other men in a small village. At the same time, I would not disgrace the woman I loved. I would go to the elders, the rabbis, and ask for a quick and quiet divorce. Yes, the women would still gossip at the well, and yes, the men would still talk about me behind my back, but my own conscience would be clear before God Almighty. It's funny, isn't it? Just when you think you've made decisions and taken control of your own life that the strangest things happen. Exhausted, I fell asleep that afternoon against the wall of my shop, and a dream changed my life forever. An angel of the Lord appeared to me in this dream, a majestic, unbelievably beautiful messenger of God. I knew I was dreaming, and at the same time, I knew this angel was real. He called me by name. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Do not be afraid. Those were the same words the angel said to her an angel in my own dream, in my own little shop as I slept, surrounded by carpenter's tools scattered all around the floor. I know, it makes no sense. But nothing in the past week had made any sense anyway. And besides, why should God Almighty make sense? God will do what God will do. The angel went on to tell me that this son was to be born was a son of God and a son by God. Name him Jesus. Yahshua. Yeshua, in the Hebrew language. But all names mean something, and this child's name meant 
he saves. He will save their, his people from their sins. The angel said, you are to name him Jesus. Throughout the centuries, some would see my role as insignificant in the bigger story of God's Son, but that is not true. Don't you believe it? Not for a minute. No one is insignificant in God's story. I was not insignificant. Joseph of Nazareth was commanded to marry the woman he loved, and despite what people might have thought, I was given the right to give this child a name. By naming him, I accepted him as my own, adopting him from God Almighty into the royal line of King David. A king's son would be born to live under the roof of a carpenter, and for as long as I lived, I would be responsible for the nurture of this child who would come to live among us. Emmanuel, God is with us. By the coming of Jesus, God let humankind know that God has not forgotten us as we feared had happened. The prophets had fallen silent and there had been no word from God for centuries, and now the Son of God will be born as one of us. When I awakened from sleep, the shadows had lengthened in the late afternoon. I rubbed my eyes sat up, looked around to see if the angel of my dreams might still linger over in the shadows. No. Gone. Yet the space in my little carpenter's shop felt holy in a way it had never felt holy before. Do not be afraid, the angel had said, and all of a sudden I realized I was not afraid anymore. My fear, my shock, my rage had disappeared with the angel, and in its place was a deep sense of peace I could not explain. Almighty God had chosen me to raise God's Son. I had a part to play in history, and it was time to do something about that. So I did as the angel of the Lord commanded. I went to find Mary to tell her that we would be married as planned and then we would wait for the coming of Jesus. As husband and wife, we would wait for a son by God, a son of God, the Son of God. Together we would wait as all creation now waits for the coming of the Lord. Wait with us. He will come very soon, very soon. O come, O come, Emmanuel. <laughs>